Praise Him. I 
especially this time of year uh, with the playoffs coming next week, I'm, I'm paying a little more attention. And the one thing that's always fascinated me, fascinated me about baseball was the pitcher and his ability to change his grip on the ball and, and make that ball do different things as it approached the batter. Batters like fastballs. A fastball comes straight at you. You can somewhat predict it. You can prepare for it. And most of your great hitters have made their careers knocking fastballs out of the park. But a really good pitcher won't just throw you fastballs for that reason. They will throw in other pitches, and one of their best pitches is a curveball. Because the curveball is unpredictable. A curveball can be somewhat unexpected. It comes in like it's coming right across the plate, but the next thing you know, it dives. It moves in a way you didn't prepare for and you find yourself flailing away trying to hit it. Curveballs have become synonymous with the unexpected and unpredictable things that life throws at us. And I gotta tell you, last Sunday, life threw me a big old hanging curveball. <laughs> I had been here for the early service uh, I wasn't feeling well. I hadn't felt well for several weeks. And if you know me very well, you know I have an aversion to doctors and hospitals. And I do not readily go to either one voluntarily. Um, but last Tuesday, I had voluntarily gone to the doctor because I was not feeling well. Something was off. I didn't know what it was. And I wanted to get it taken care of. Um, They'd made me an appointment with a cardiologist for about three weeks later, but I got progressively worse. And Sunday morning, it kind of uh, came to a head. I did the early service. I was sitting out there listening to the Peyton sisters warm up. And, and by the way, I, weren't they wonderful? I, I, I've heard nothing, yeah, I've heard nothing but good. Uh, I, I regret so much I had to miss that. I did get to hear three or four songs as they were warming up. But I realized I'm not going to make it through this service sitting in the pew. I need to go home. So I left. I thought, surely if I spend the next three hours in my comfortable chair watching the Colts beat the Browns, I'll feel better. Uh, I was supposed to be at the game. A good friend had given me tickets in the lower level, midfield, and I was looking forward to enjoying my first Colts game of the season live, but I, that, that's how bad I felt. I couldn't walk far enough uh, to, to make it, so I'd given the tickets to my son-in-law. So I missed the game, but I could still watch the game, or so I thought. That's when my lovely wife comes in. Now most of the time, Sue has the most pleasant and sweet expression on her face. <laughs> but last Sunday, I hardly recognized this woman who walked in right as they're getting ready to kick off the football game. She walks around, she looks down at me and does not ask, does not suggest, but demands, you are going to the emergency room. I thought, where does this come from? 
But you know, I did not have enough energy to, to argue with her. And I thought, besides, I can lay in the, the ER and they can figure out what's wrong with me and I can watch Colts game there. <laughs> I know, silly me. Uh, you know that ER treatment rooms at community hospital don't have televisions? I did not know that before I went. Four hours later, the game is over. And I'm informed that not only have I missed the Colts game, but I am not going home. They're going to admit me to the hospital. Um, I comfort myself with the fact that at least I can go lay in my room and watch Sunday night football. Do you know that Community Hospital has direct TV for television service? And that DirecTV is in contract dispute with Channel 13, which happens to carry Sunday night football. <laughs> About 8 o'clock, I turn on my television. I get that, we're sorry, this channel is not available. <laughs> I look up to heaven and say, ah What is doing to me? <laughs> I, have, I immediately pulled out my phone and texted Sue and said, meet me out front in 30 minutes. <laughs> I am coming home and watch football. I did. Did I not? I did. She ignored me. She'd been there all day with me in the ER. She was exhausted. I'd sent her home, and she was not coming back to get me. I thought about texting Kevin, but I thought I might get the same result. So I just, fine. I'll stay till tomorrow. Over the next two days, as they did tests on me, trying to figure out what's happening, the nurses would come in very pleasantly and, and do what they had to do, and they would always end by saying, is there anything we can get you, Roger? And I would smile and politely say, yes. You can please get me some discharge papers <laughs> so I can go home. And they would laugh at me as well. So, um, one morning, I don't know, I think it was about Thursday morning, about 3 a.m., I was laying there, feeling sorry for myself, trying to figure this curveball out. It had been um, totally unexpected, and uh, I wasn't dealing with it very well. But I came across a devotion that I had. I get, I get a, a email devotion on my phone, and I'd gotten behind on them because I wasn't feeling like reading them. And I came across one that was about Job. And, you know, you look at them and go, okay, <laughs> I get it. Because if ever there was a man that knew how to handle life's curveballs, it was Job. So I went back and read the first chapter of Job. It's been a long time since I'd read his story. And starting in verse 13, this is what I found. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and carried them off. 
They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert, struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. You talk about curveballs. Over the course of a few hours, Job finds out that his family, his livelihood, his wealth, nearly everything in his life is gone, wiped out. How do you deal with that? How do you begin to handle that curveball that life has thrown at you? Well, this is what Job did. Verse 20. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground in worship and said... Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. As I read that, I realized that Job was trying to teach me something about this curveball that I had been thrown in my life. And that if I could follow his example, I would do well. So what did Job do? The first thing he did was he, he allowed his natural human response to play out. When it said he tore his robes and shaved his head, those are traditional Hebrew forms of mourning. Sometimes they would also scoop up handfuls of ashes or dirt and just, just throw it over their head. He vented his emotions. He expressed himself. He may have yelled, he may have cried. He may have looked up to heaven and said, why? I don't know. But his first response was to acknowledge how he was feeling. And I think that's important for all of us. I struggle with that one. Part of my trouble in handling the curveballs of life is I don't think I should do that. After all, I'm a Christian, and I'm not only a Christian, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be strong in faith. I'm supposed to be able to handle whatever life throws at me without losing it 
But that's wrong. God does not expect us to do that. Being a Christian does not mean that you don't have the same natural emotions and feelings that everyone else, that you don't get the same doubts and fears that everyone else. And the first thing you do is just be human. And I needed that that night. I let God have the full range of my feelings that night. But even though we start there, we must not stay there. Here's where the difference comes in. A person who doesn't have any faith in God has nowhere to go from there. You vent all those feelings, all those emotions, all that anger, all that fear, all that bitterness, whatever it is, and it forms like a pool. And if you're not careful, you end up drowning in it. You end up getting stuck in it. But because of our faith in God, we, we don't do that. That's not what Job did. Did you catch the second part? He tore his robes, he shaved his head, he fell down on the ground and worshiped. Worship? That's not a natural progression. <laughs> but see, that's where his faith came in. He, he, he allowed his natural response to be there, but then he said, but there's something more. Right now, I am totally focused on what has changed in my life, what I have lost, what will no longer be the same. And that's what I found myself doing, laying in that room saying, oh, woe is me. I've got this problem. I can't do all the things I used to do. I can't do the things I want to do. I can't eat the foods I want to eat. My life is going to have to change, and I don't like it. But at some point, you stop thinking about the changes and you say, but what has not changed? What is sure? <laughs> what is certain? What is there that I can take hold of and say, this is what it's always been? And it's God. Did you hear Job's words? He basically is saying, I came into this world with nothing. I'm, I'm going to leave this world with nothing. The Lord can give and the Lord can take away, but one thing doesn't change. The Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is still God. He is still on His throne. He is still in control of my life. And none of this loss changes that. And i got to tell you, that's a powerful acknowledgement. Once I acknowledged how I was feeling about what I was going through, and then I began to look up from what I was losing to what I always had, it changed everything. I realized that there is a strength beyond what I have. And even though life may be throwing this curveball at me, it doesn't mean I have to strike out. 
Brittany, put the, put the picture up here. I came across this the other day. Life kept throwing me all these curveballs. Then God handed me a bat and taught me how to swing. <laughs> you know, a person, a, a, a baseball player who can learn to hit a curveball consistently is a dangerous hitter. And a Christian who can learn to handle the curveballs that God throws at them in life, learn how to swing, can overcome. Because, you know, curveballs are Satan's way of trying to throw us off, of trying to obscure the truth about God. Every time a curveball comes in, Satan is saying, God must not care about you as much as you think. He must not have your back like you thought he did, or this wouldn't have slipped by him. Why would a good God let this bad thing happen to you? I mean, those, those voices just play. But God's word reminds us, Job reminds us, that even in the midst of our trouble, God is still God. And he will overcome in my life if I will let him. And lest we think this is just Job's initial response and that he would have lost that the longer it went, I jumped ahead to Job 19.25. And his declaration in that chapter is, I know that my Redeemer lives. No matter what I have lost, no matter what I have suffered, no matter what I face in this life, I know one thing, and that is my Redeemer lives. And as long as my Redeemer lives, I have hope. I can have peace. I can have confidence knowing that if I trust him, he will not betray that trust. That's what I learned this week. That's what going into congestive heart failure <laughs> will do. But you know, it's an experience I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to give up. Because the Lord continues to teach me day by day that no matter how many curveballs life can throw at you, I'm going to be there. Some days the best you're going to do is foul them off. <laughs> some days you're going to knock them out of the park you just have to trust in me let us pray God I thank you so much for sharing the story of a man like Job a man whose life was filled with curveballs unexpected unpredicted things that just came at him and yet he was a man of faith. He stayed true to you and you stayed true to him. Lord, each and every one of us have curveballs in our life. People are struggling with relationships that are broken, with health problems, with financial problems, with loss of job with failures and disappointments and heartache, curveballs. 
And yet the, your word promises that if we will trust in you, we will prevail. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.